Hi, and welcome. I'm Jim Fries, and this is The Conversation, a podcast on viewpoints on the impact of artificial intelligence on business and society. Today, we're coming to you with a special bonus episode of The Conversation, and we're doing something a bit different. Most of our guests from the first six seasons have hailed from companies focused on the private sector. But in this episode, we're going to talk about how AI can be deployed in the public sector to make government agencies run more efficiently and ultimately improve our experience as citizens. To dive into this important topic, we're joined by Raj Prameshwaran, president of U.S. Federal Information Technology at Maximus, a leading provider of government services and an interactions customer. Raj is here to talk about how technology can help streamline government operations enable efficient service delivery, and create a better, more productive citizen experience. Raj, welcome to the conversation. Great to be here, Jim. And again, thank you for the opportunity. We're thrilled to have you. So you have deep roots in government technology space. You know, prior to joining Maximus, you were the CEO of, I believe, a mid-sized strategy and enterprise IT solution provider that focused on providing services to the federal government. And I think that company was acquired by Maximus. So can you walk us through your background? You know, what opportunities did you see for expansion of technology into the federal government? Absolutely. Quick snapshot of my background, just for us to level set. I have an undergrad degree in electronics with a master's in information systems. And along the way, I also did get a postgraduate diploma in cost accounting. Don't ask me why. My passion (laughs) as a technologist... I'm sure the cost accounting is very helpful. (laughs) It is. It is. It helps me evaluate the value of applying technology to how we service businesses, right? And I'll come to that along the conversation that we have today. Truly, my passion as a technologist has always been and remains focused on how to best use and apply technology to solve the business problems that we are faced with and to enable an organization mission. I've been fortunate to have a great career uh, where I actually started as an individual contributor at a company called Optimus and progressively over the years became the leader as a CEO of the company where I led the growth and strategy for being one of the leading providers of enterprise solutions to the public sector. I joined Maximus through that acquisition, which in hindsight, when I think about it, was the absolute perfect outcome for everything we did as a smaller organization to get into a larger platform. Having said that, to your other question about expansion of technology, the way I view the governments, as we all can agree, it is the largest enterprise in the world that has several core mission functions that are critical, I believe, to serving their respective people across the countries, across the globe. My view of technology, truly, I feel, serves as the foundation to enabling the delivery of those services, which in many cases are critical and it needs to be optimized from a delivery standpoint. So as an example, if I have to reflect back over my career, I'll give you one example that actually dates back 15 plus years where there used to be a requirement for a veteran to go get a DD-214, which is their service discharge record from the National Archives. Can you imagine? It used to take about 15 to 18 weeks to get that. And we ended up architecting a solution and implementing it about a year and a half into the program. And it now delivers the veterans DD-214 to their address or to their kit or kin in about three to five business days. In fact, if there is an emergency for some reason, they can deliver this in 24 to 48 hours. That for me 
makes a huge difference in how we service our people. Talk about citizen experience. I mean, that's fantastic. Could you talk a little about what your current role is and some of the initiatives you oversee? Oh, sure. As a federal IT leader for Maximus, my team and I have just one objective. I want to keep it simple. Our objective is to ensure that we are architecting, enabling, and operating technology solutions that are optimized for our federal programs. And when I say optimized, I truly mean ensuring that it's aligned to the mission, it's effective in the purpose for what it serves for the program, and it's secure, which in today's day and age, cybersecurity is at the forefront of anything we do on the technology front. There's a slew of initiatives internally, Jim, that we are constantly looking at because every agency's requirements and needs are slightly different. But if I have to put a wrapper around some of the core initiatives that we are focused around, that would be modernization, which is really driven by enabling agencies adopt cloud as a platform, as a software service, as an infrastructure service. So they are getting away from the non-core elements of their mission and focused more on the mission. The second component is really about finding better, effective ways of enhancing the customer experience, which obviously is a critical component for how services are delivered. The third one is more along the lines of data management and analytics, which really is helping drive agencies make informed decisions and not have to sift through petabytes of data to come to a decision. And all of those adds up to what I call internally, as I reference this with my team, as an informed and validated hyper-automation solution. So, you know, we have a lot of RPA bots deployed in our programs for our internal administrative functions. The most important part of all of those RPA and AI applications is the fact that it needs to be informed and it needs to be a validated baseline for how it operates and supports the core mission. That's fantastic. And actually what you went through is a great segue for what's happened during the last couple of years. I mean, demand for citizen services skyrocketed during the pandemic to address everything from contact tracing to vaccine distribution to distribution of, of funds, you know, and money to people. How did technology solutions like, as an example, the one that, that um, we're familiar with in interactions, the Maximus AI-powered intelligent virtual assistant, how did all of that help manage this influx of demand? Let me start with saying, wow, talk about human resilience, right? I say that because as we can all agree, we did find ourselves in a bit of a quandary with the pandemic. No one really anticipated the type of change we all faced, the impact that the situation forced us into. In fact, we had to pivot in a matter of days to ensure continuity of critical government services, Jim. Uh, And I literally mean days, right? I mean, imagine we were actually housed in facilities supporting all these sensitive programs, and we had to overnight figure out strategies and plans to make sure we can do that. Technology played a huge role. We spent days and nights, but it was fun doing that. And we actually accomplished a lot more than we generally would have in in a normal sense, right? With the pandemic, we, as Maximus, were at the forefront of many, many federal government departments and agencies, both state and federal government, by the way. At the beginning of the pandemic, we were engaged to manage the delivery of test results to people. Talk about standing up an entire solution set in a matter of four days to be able to receive the results from the various labs and be able to deliver them effectively to the people, followed by 
assisting people when the vaccines were made available to find the nearest delivery location that was enabled through multiple channels, voice, text enabled, SMS and WhatsApp, the portal. I mean, the, the other extreme end where people necessarily didn't have jobs because everything was shut down to be able to provide the most important and address the most important inquiries and requests that came as part of the CARES Act. Now, as we can imagine, the influx of inquiries and requests that this generated was just overwhelming, where people sometimes on calls were on very long hold times. So as an example, on the CARES Act, the Maximus IVA, as we call it, was truly put to test. And I think it delivered the highest results in my viewpoint, and I'll tell you why. First and foremost, we were able to tailor and create a solution that was deployed in a matter of weeks. Tell me where that generally happens, right? And then the platform then engaged with the callers in a manner where it was just seamless, where they were provided guided assistance as any other trained agent would have, right? So we had some trained agents who would provide the advanced support, but the platform at the forefront was handling so many of the calls effectively to service them and make sure they were actually not just waiting and on hold, if you will. Now, if you think about it, the platform not only just responded to requests, it actually understood the request in terms of the context and then provided the assistance. In my view, that is really powerful and extremely efficient. Yes, yes, absolutely. I know a top priority for Maximus is working with government to enhance the way agencies and and the rest of federal government engages with citizens. What role does AI play in achieving that? And can you give maybe a specific example of how technology might directly impact um, a citizen or citizen experience? So let me let me start with saying Maximus, I consider to be one of the leading providers, or I would call a servicer on behalf of government programs globally across multiple countries, right? Ensuring that the best experience is delivered on every interaction or engagement. That is the mark of how we get measured on every single one of our programs. Now, if you think about it, there are two critical components to that. One is quality and the other one is timeliness. How effectively and efficiently can you service a particular request or an inquiry, regardless of the time? If somebody is busy doing work and they are calling after hours, we still want to be able to deliver the service that they are requesting or answer their inquiry. Automation and AI actually plays a significant role in achieving this goal, in my viewpoint. And just to give you a quick data point, as part of our health programs, we provide independent medical assessments and examinations for programs. For example, a UI claim comes in at the state level or an appeal for a healthcare claim was denied. So in these scenarios, as we provide support for these programs, we end up receiving a significant amount of unstructured image data. They're just pictures of medical records. And they are sometimes in hundreds of pages. To some cases, there are thousands of pages, right? So we had to implement a solution which basically helped bring the most relevant information to the forefront. So we implemented an AI-enabled solution that understands the context of the medical records in reference to the claim that was made. And it creates a version that's just more consumable for our healthcare workers. The healthcare workers, the doctors who are doing this independent assessments. The task that would have taken them or have taken them in the past years, you know, several weeks to sift through and days in some cases to review all those pages and make a 
optimal determination, now the system is making that information available to them so that they can be consumed in minutes or hours, right? It's a huge transition to how the medical providers were dealing with the amount of medical records to how they actually do this today. That's a classic example of how AI sort of helped get that to the forefront. That's a fantastic example because, I mean, you're talking about, especially during a pandemic, being able to free up the time of healthcare professionals to actually right. provide healthcare, I right. can't imagine a more important application for AI. And I kind of teed this up at the uh, introduction of this episode. So far, most of our guests uh, through six seasons have fit squarely in the private sector, talking about applications of AI and what they're doing and fascinating applications. But you're focused on deploying technology in the public sector. From your perspective, what are the biggest differences in deployment between public versus private? That's an interesting question. And truly, Jim, you've had some phenomenal guests on your previous episodes. Oh, I've thank heard you. a few thank of you. them. I'm not sure I would consider myself an expert in the private sector space, given my focus predominantly has been in the public sector space that I'm very intimately familiar with. But having said that, Maximus itself as an entity is a private sector enterprise. And from that point of view, I can provide you a couple of differences. One of them is there is a slightly higher entrepreneurial spirit in terms of applying technologies, in terms of testing the, the application of technologies internally to support our programs. There's a little bit more of an approach that you are able to do or take than in the public sector space. The other key difference in my viewpoint is the drivers behind the technology investments and the adoption is actually radically different between the private sector and the public sector, right? In the private sector, it's all about how can I drive my revenue, which is the core driving factor. In the public sector space, how can I deliver this most critical and important service that is requested by a citizen or a constituent to them in the most effective and timely manner. So the driving factors behind the investments are different and the implications of testing some of these things also become a factor to how these implementations or deployments happen between the private and public sector. That's great. So last question I have for you, I know you serve as one of Maximus's technology innovation leaders focused on the government market, and you have, a, a, I think, a strong point of view about the future. So one of the things we always like to ask uh, guests is to give a little bit of a soothsayer and look into the future. So I'd love to get your take on where you see AI headed in the future. What are the areas for opportunity to expand AI, specifically in the government, over the next five to 10 years? That's a great question. I'll start with saying, I think I can make this statement. Every one of us, if not everyone, most of us, have definitely experienced, without our knowledge, some form of AI that's working behind the scenes in our day-to-day -day lives. As much as I am a staunch believer, a passionate staunch believer, of applying any and all greatest proven technologies to enabling business objectives and missions, I am not for finding home for technology just because it's identified in a magic quadrant, right? I have strong opinions about some great technology that has very specific application areas, but I don't foresee some of the technologies ever making big in the public sector. However, the 
AI aspect of things is definitely, in my viewpoint, a technology that will stay and expand. The applications of them, however, need to evolve over time to be driven based on things like the culture, the trust and transparency factor, the policies that drive the use, the maturity of the functions itself. When I say function, I'm talking about a function within a mission that's delivered. What in that function, in terms of application areas, can AI augment the speed at which those services need to be delivered? And last but not least, I feel this is the most important, actually, in the world of AI, is to ensure data lifecycle integrity. Algorithms that are available today will be democratized at some point. There are several great algorithms out there that can be applied, that can be leveraged, that can be integrated with through API interfaces. And there are a group of brilliant, smart mathematicians out there who will come up with more of those. But at the end of the day, with every single one of those, data is going to be the core essence to how well that particular model is going to actually provide the outcomes that we can trust, we can transparently disclose, and we can leverage to make the lives better and nicer for all of us. That's terrific. Well, Raj, thank you so much for joining us and some fantastic insights. It's really been fascinating to dive into public sector and hear how AI can make government more efficient, uh, especially in times of crisis and beyond. So thank you so much for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks, Jim. That's all for this special bonus episode of The Conversation. Thank you all for tuning in. We're looking forward to bringing you the seventh season of the podcast this fall, and we hope you'll be joining us then. This episode of The Conversation podcast was produced by Interactions, a conversational AI company. I'm Jim Free signing off, and we'll see you next time.